met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee, and for tonight we have a returning guest who took my mind into another dimension when he dove deep into the alchemical realm. Yet still, I believe we barely scratched the surface with an extraordinary perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Mad Hatter. Now Thanks mate. very much for having me, man. Glad oh, to be here. Pleasure, mate. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, quality that show. Really was. I had a lot of uh, fun, man. I I, I yeah, really enjoy getting into this mind, stuff. Mate. Yeah, yeah, you do. It's um, it really is fascinating. It's, uh, uh, it's big. Yeah, and I res- fully respect you for your approach, how you are, and everything about it. Uh, I appreciate that. You know, you're not um, you're not a bellend like some people, uh, <laughs> and you're fucking spot on. Uh, and I like when I you're can, on. Man. Yeah, and, and when you went on New York Patriots show as well, that was a quality show. It's uh, it's fun to get to get into some of that stuff, man. I feel like uh, there's so much that kind of just gets shoved off to the side and uh, you know stigmatized, and that's that's kind of where I try and live. I spent most of my childhood, you know, like believing that I was going to get struck by lightning or 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 smiting yeah. or smited, you know, for for exploring you know things that were kind of fringe or weird um and now that's just that's where i live man i've i've as soon as crystals and alchemy and stuff like that started to kind of really register in my core um i realized that there was this whole other world that i had kind of just avoided out of uh indoctrinated fear essentially you know they they like we were just saying it we're taught to, to to fear the things and avoid the things that we don't understand. And, you know, that's where growth is and that's where expansion is, is in those things that, that aren't familiar to us. And so stepping outside of our comfort zones can, uh, can really change things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, this subject in itself, I, don't, I, I wouldn't like to guess how deep you could go with it because it's, it's, it's everything really change it never stops um, yeah i know and that's what makes it so fascinating and and like i said your approach the way you are and and what you do uh, it is really fucking fascinating i appreciate uh, that my life yeah. fascinates me as well man I'll tell you <laughs> what, it's, it's never there's never a dull moment you know and it, yeah it's yeah. nice to kind of it's almost like being a kid again, you know, when you're a kid, it's just you're open and you're you're constantly you're learning, yeah. learning. Yeah, you yes, know, and everything yeah. just seems so much bigger than <laughs> you. Right. As adults, yeah. we kind of settle into this thing and we just kind of think that we're hot shit. Um, 
and you know kind of opening the doors to to alchemy and and, and magical practice it, it really brings you back to that um that state of just uh almost like clay you know just very malleable and um and just constantly changing shape and kind of evolving and that's that's really what uh my practice is for me is just a way for me to continue uh growing and and expanding and um i think that just as much as as magic is a an exterior an ex external practice um yeah. it's it's just as internal and a lot of these things that you're searching for you're actually finding inside yourself you're finding that that your whole life you've been looking around you for you know the something that can make you grow and and this esoteric practice kind of just turns that lens around and you start looking within and realizing yeah. um you know what you the, the the gifts that we have uh as the human animal and uh because we really are special creatures and i think that's really what is at the root of most most of these conspiracies that that we talk about in this in this community um yeah. is just how special we are they don't want you to know what you're capable of um and a lot of these avenues for growth are are stigmatized as evil or dark or um it just just as bad in general so that we don't yeah, tap yeah. into those parts of ourselves it's like uh, it's like our attribute subject subjects us to the the ignorant folk um right. i mean like you said it, 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 if you don't understand it um that's the well, their own choice that's their perspective then you know everybody's got their own perspective on anything well and that's what makes this place so beautiful is all the different perspectives yeah. and in culture today we're told that we have to be right you know and anybody who's uh who disagrees with us is mean right it's it's mean if somebody yeah. doesn't agree with you or it's rude yeah and yeah. i think that's very intentional and very deliberate uh because when you when you only talk to people you agree with or when you um you don't explore these things outside of what you already know or who you already are you you just stay very stagnant and um we're we're food essentially until until we can get out of that vibration because the people that that control these this 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 place feed off of us energetically you know and you could call it loose you could call it whatever you want but uh the attention that you pay when you you watch the 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 programming that that they use it's uh that's all energy it's 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 currency and so we're paying them constantly um and once we start to wake up and kind of move away from this system that's been designed for us to exist inside um they can't continue to do that to us so i think that's their biggest fear is us kind of waking up to uh, who we are and what this place yeah. is and and how it works. I try, um, trying to deter us from um, what potentially we are capable of. Exactly, yeah. um, because we really do dictate this, you know. And um, 
a lot of this is is consent based, right? Like they can create a reality for you that's there, that's available, right? And you can take that, you can live inside that reality and and you can yeah. choose to be a victim of it, right? But we also have the ability to reject that reality and start to build a new one, which takes work and it's scary um, and it's isolating um, and it's lonely, you know? Um, yeah. But once we can get comfortable being uncomfortable, um, we can really start to hone in on, on, you know, what kind of an experience we want to have and then, and then yeah. start to create that. Um, because we are very, very powerful co-creators here and, um, the things that we create in our mind, um, is what is going to manifest in our reality. And so if we are plugged into the news and, into you know, if all we do is stare at a TV all day and, and be fed this narrative, that's what's going to be, that's, what's going to be, um, occupying our mind. And that is what we are going to manifest. And so I think, you know, with situations like, uh, you know, wars that we've got going on right now, or is, uh, Ukraine, yeah. for example, it's like they're manufacturing something with our consent over there. If they, if the government wants a problem somewhere, right, all they have to do is tell you that there's a problem there, right? And then as yeah. we begin to believe that this problem is there and we start to believe it on a larger scale, um, it's it's going to be created so as opposed to us reacting to something they're telling us something that isn't real is real and us believing that is making it real if that makes sense yeah yeah um it's plainly obvious what they're doing um i think they think that the majority and probably the majority are uh, they're ignorant um i mean like you said it, it, to to embrace it like 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 what you do, um, and, and how it works for you it is um, it's it, it's just fascinating, mate. Uh, well, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all it's all right, mate. So I was just just going to ask you what um, what what path do you take on you know the actual magic itself. Well, um, I have a hard time with rules, to be honest. Um, and so I, I studied a lot of just, you know, traditional ceremonial magic or, or, or yeah. ritual, ritual magic. Um, and I struggled to, I have a hard time doing the same things that other people do the way that my brain works is i just want to do things different and that's automatic your, for me. your, own, your own way exactly it's not yeah. to be defiant or or anything that's just that's how i've always been when when we were in school and everybody was wearing ankle socks i was wearing tall socks and everybody was wearing tall socks <laughs> i was wearing ankle socks you know it's like, um, like you do the, you do the opposite of, exactly of yeah yeah i'm like that mate <laughs> i'm just not think, meant yeah. To be the same as other people yeah yeah i get you on that one um, yeah, i struggle myself uh, sometimes there's a lot of clowns about it <laughs> right well and yeah i struggled with it for a long time uh, but it, at some point you just realize that you're different and start to embrace that and that's what chaos magic is for me so um, chaos magic, I, right? Interesting. yeah yeah I, I i study everything right any any material that i can find 
on uh, magic as a whole, and the, I mean, I mean anything. I'm I'm gonna experience it. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna see how it feels, right? And if something, it's it's hard to explain it better than like if if I'm going through something and it feels like mine. Yeah. Then I'm going to use that. I'm going to take that. Right. I'm going to take that portion of it. It doesn't have to be the, the whole ideology, but if something in there resonates with me and feels good, then I'm going to take that. I'm going to apply that to my practice. And so basically what chaos magic is for me is is studying everything. Right. And taking little pieces from pieces from here and little pieces from here and, and then creating your own practice. It's almost like uh, mixed martial arts. Right. If if before. Uh, like the UFC, it was like, well, there's a Taekwondo guy, and then the Taekwondo guy fought the karate guy, and then we found out that jujitsu was, um, yeah, yeah, you see what I'm saying, and then, yeah, over and then time, it's, it, yeah, over time, it's yeah. evolved into this mixed martial arts thing, and so now you have somebody that has, has a well rounded skill set, and traditionally, right, at, at, at first all of these traditionalists were saying that it, this was this was blasphemy, this was absolutely terrible you know these purists are saying you know you should only practice jujitsu you should only do this well that's just like you know if you you should only practice ceremonial magic or you should only practice ritual magic or you should only practice nature magic right i don't accept that i'm going to take a little bit of of everything and i'm going to create my own practice and a lot of it is uh intuitive right if i'm working through something i'm just going to do what what feels right and that's a big part of it for me and a lot of it it doesn't always go well you know and i think that's a big part of like the chaos and chaos magic is you're you're taking all of these ideologies from all these different places and you're kind of combining them in this in this uh like a cauldron you know you're taking all these potentially volatile chemicals and putting them together to try and make something that's going to do what you want it to do and so it's not always going to work uh, exactly how you think it's going to. It's almost like uh, like science experiments with your life, basically, you know? And so yeah. I try, try to go like through it and document things. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is, you know? And it's yours. It's not, you're not, you can use information that somebody else has acquired, but essentially you're building your own system, right? And so yeah. it takes time yeah. and it takes refining and, Sigil magic is a big part of that for me. I think there's a lot to be said about um, using something visual to stimulate uh, the imagination on a different level. Because just like it's powerful to speak something into existence, right? You're when you speak something, you're creating a vibration, right? And that vibration is measurable and it's real and it's palpable in the, our physical reality, um, which is why it's so such a powerful tool as far as manifesting something as well. Now you've spoken it, you've, you've imagined it and now you've spoken it. So now it's real, it's yeah. measurable and it's going to continue to grow. I think there's something to be said about creating a, uh, a sigil, which is something visual that you can, that you can see to really send that intention into and to charge it. And I'm not very traditional in the way that I do my sigils. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. different ways that they can be created. For me, it's less about letters or or um it's it's about me associating a specific intention with an image right and then charging that image and 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 feeding that image just as a almost just like a destination a visual destination where i can see something going as 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 well as speaking it right it's just one more layer to that 
um, to that creative process. Would that be similar to, say, for example, um, you know, like symbolism, how they use symbols? Would that be like in a similar way? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So these these symbols are um, basically being used to create thought forms, right? So it's like in, in the church, whether it's the cross or whatever, right? So you have this cross that represents this idea, right? And yeah. this idea is being fed, right, with people's intention, with people's attention. Um, and so, and, and I think on New York Patriot, we talked about egregores a little bit, which uh, an egregore is just a thought form that's created through shared intention, right? And right, so right. you have, and, and uh, a thought form is alive, it's it's hard for some people to understand that but once you've created this thing it's real and it's 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 sentient and the way that you feed it is is directly going to is going to have a direct impact on on what this thing is and what it does and so when you create a symbol and then you 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 charge it with your with your intention um now again now that this is real and so as you see it or as anyone else sees it and starts giving that their attention you're you're feeding not the symbol itself but the idea that's associated with the symbol and so these uh the symbology that you're referring to is is very powerful and it's also a way for people to identify each other without you know wearing like a a big badge that says this is what i do but it's like the yeah. people that are initiated and know what it means can identify those things yeah yeah <laughs> So, and uh, like, so sorry, sorry, to make well, sorry. You know, you're fine. I was just gonna say, corporate logos are are sigils. You know, um, that's where I was going. Then I was gonna ask you that. Then, Thank yeah, you. A, a lot of this that you see um, is something that's that's been created again with a specific intention that you're not necessarily aware of, but as you give it your attention or your energy um it's you're 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 still feeding that and you know our our alphabet for example these are these are sigils right these individual letters um or you could you could refer to them as runes but they're um it's it's sacred geometry that is being used visually but it's also vowels specifically are um creating these these sacred vibrations um and so when you go through and you read a lot of uh you know old uh, whether it's it's rituals or um just in in their practice it was a lot a, a big part of it was the sound that was being made and again these are these the are sacred vibrations um that what, elicit what, what, a certain response from the universe. Yeah, what you, when you say sounds, would that be um, like uh, for musical? Well, music is a big part of it. What I was referring to there is just like the vowels in a word as we vibrate these words, right? Like yeah, me yeah. talking right now is creating a specific vibration, and these vowels are special because they join the consonants, but they're also creating a specific uh, vibration when they're spoken that the universe is going to respond to. 
Um, but as far as, uh, as, as music and stuff, um, in World War II, they switched uh, their tuning from 432 hertz to 440 hertz. And this was done deliberately to disrupt the vibrations of the human, the, the human listening to it, right? And it, but that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and we can't we can't really tell the difference as we listen to it, but our body can, right? And four four hundred and thirty two hertz is uh, it's a it's a sacred number first of all, it's a sacred vibration, um, and it it really jives with with the universe and with uh, the earth plane. And so to have changed it from that to something that doesn't. You know, and it doesn't for a lot of reasons. It's the the specific vibration that it makes. It doesn't. Um, all of these other sacred numbers they they can be broken down geometrically, right? And um, it's it's very interesting. It's very beautiful to see the way that these people um, used math in history and used numbers to represent certain things and it it's really hard to see something like that and not believe that the universe is um or the that the world even is created through some sort of um divine um it's it's a very special place man and when you see how it all fits together it's i don't see how someone could could look at that and think that it was happenstance or some cosmic accident that took place that that created you know, all this. I, I don't I don't believe that either. Um, <laughs> excuse me, mate. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I've got no explanation why I don't, but I just don't. If you know what I mean. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, when you I'm know, still you trying know. to find answers. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's like where well, that's. The pleasure about speaking to you because uh, I feel it's like uh, I, I respect and agree with the way you are um, and, and your approach to it as well. I appreciate that, and I don't have any answers. I just have more questions. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you. Legal, does it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and it's like you know, you're asking the right questions when all you're getting is is more questions. This place isn't meant to just be describable, right? Which is why I have a hard time with the even referring to it as a planet. You know, it's like it, it's just so hard. Or or with the you know the the flat versus spherical debate. It's like I I think this place is too special to be defined with one word like ball or disc. Right. This this is a very interesting place. And uh, we try to just kind of humanize it. Right. And and make it easy to understand or just make it simple. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's not simple. It's not simple. And we can't make it simple. And I think to, to just do that is to rob ourselves of, you know, how special this place really is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Uh, do you know much about Nodens? About what? Nodens. I don't think so. No. All oh, right. Okay. okay. I I don't I don't know what that is. They are um, um, ancient ancient Britain. Um, there's a couple of like um, you know uh, ruins of the the temples etc. 
Where is it at? Over here in uh, England. A couple of places. There's a lot of cool old shit over there, man. There really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've always been personally very, felt very called to visit uh, Ireland, Scotland, um, that kind of area. I think that uh, mystically, it's very significant as far as um, when you really kind of dig into true history and you see um, Druidic history specifically because yeah, uh, fascinating, mate. they were all kind of persecuted and chased off, which is interesting because it, at one point it was like everybody wanted a Druid. If you were a king, you had a Druid advisor, you know. Um, yeah, and they were yeah. very, very well respected. And then it, at some point, people decided that not only were, should they not be respected, but that they should all be uh, exterminated. And Ireland is kind of where they all ended up. Yeah. And so it was kind of a safe haven for magic and mysticism. And there's still a lot of, uh, as far as folklore and stuff, we're, we're told that it's fiction or fantasy or myth. Um but as far as general esoteric knowledge, or maybe not general esoteric knowledge, but knowledge that there is something um, outside of humanity that, as far as an intelligence that exists here, is is pretty well accepted over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I covered uh, two shows with Gary Wayne, um, and the first one was the Fomorians. And then the the Tuatha Dé Danann, and like that, that's like based like around Ireland and Great Britain and that, and it's just fucking fascinating, mate. Very special it really place. Is. Yeah, yeah. It's a very special place, and you know, it's just it's sad to an extent to me, but it's also like, I mean, I guess it's just a part of it. But the way that magic has been turned into just this. Um, fantasy right and we have movies like like harry potter where um you know you have lightning bolts coming out of the end of magic wands and yeah. we're we're told that that's magic right and this fantasticizes it to a point where we can't see that magic is right in front of us all the time um and we all practice magic Every, everyone practices magic you might not know it but everyone is practicing magic and uh Curly defined it as creating change in conformity with will, right? And so if you if you just say it like that, creating change in conformity with will, it means that almost everything that we do is magic, right? Every time yeah. we have an impact on our environment or our surroundings or on somebody in our experience, that to some degree is an act of magic. And um, it's funny, especially in in the church how magic is so shunned and made to be so made out to be so dark but you know anybody who is using a vision board or who is writing down their affirmations or speaking truth to themselves in the mirror right um yeah. this is all magic manifestation yeah. is magic right and so it's it's everywhere. You could make the argument yeah. that prayer uh, is magic, you know, and, and prayer, pre-Abrahamic prayer was much different. Uh, sometimes people would get down on one knee, but you were usually looking up towards the sun. 
and uh, as opposed to begging or asking for these things you were you, it was understood that you were just speaking them into existence um and i think that's a big problem with uh organized religion is we've forgotten about our abilities to create change and now we are looking for that change outside of ourselves which has slowly turned into this form of almost like uh begging for someone to come and save you and i i think that a big part of what we're here for is to learn to save ourselves yeah um, do you think you, you know how they you said that they are one day that looks up at the sun is that is that sun worship well everything is sun worship including modern christianity or or any other abrahamic religion i mean they don't like to admit it but um <laughs> all of the all of the sacred holidays and it's not just christianity it's it's everything i mean if i had a dollar for every religion that a deity was uh born uh on i mean they're always born on the the winter solstice right um the easter right is the yeah. the summer solstice and this story of a deity who dies and then rests for three days and then is risen, you know, um, oh, right, right, okay. this is the solstice. And so the sun is either at its lowest or highest point and it rests there for three days before it starts to go the opposite direction. So on Christmas, January 21st, excuse me, December 21st, right, the sun is at its lowest point. That's the shortest day of the year, right? And that happens three days in a row one two three it never moves and then it begins uh to to go the opposite direction and the days start to get longer in in the summer it's it's the opposite um we celebrate uh the equinox right is is very relevant and so it's also interesting when you get into uh like greek mythology and stuff and you have uh saturn right who was who was chronos and you had zeus who was his son so zeus slayed chronos right and then he became yeah. the new deity so it's it's the sun right he was the son of chronos and the sun liberated us and so it's it's phonetically the same as far as s-o-n versus s-u-n um and then you have the correlation between you know zeus and jesus you know the all all these yeah. things are are very interrelated and when you go back to egypt they'll tell you they they write of a time before our son was the sun there was a son before that that they referred to as the primordial son or the the true son or the superior son which right. was saturn right and saturn eventually left to rest and then this other son showed up right which is when you get into the elites and and what they practice as far as spirituality saturn worship is very common in those in those circles and so they're it's it's like they're worshiping the original son yeah. right that's been that's been taken and we've been taught to worship this uh this minor sun right and um so it's it's kind of a 
I mean, it's not kind of, it's, it, it's an inversion. And also in, in Egypt, what, what began the Egyptian day was uh, dark, right? It, their, their day was our night, basically. So there's, there's another inversion there. And so what oh, marked I... the beginning of the day was Saturn rising in the night sky. So that was, that was the rising of the sun in Egypt. Um, I did not know that, mate. Basically, that the opposite. Is, uh, yeah, it's fascinating that. Well, and there's Saturn worship all around us too. The rings that we wear when we get married are a uh, representation of of Saturn's rings. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. it's absolutely everywhere. Um, it, just also interesting to think about, you know, the implications of a, a planet, right, or or cosmic cosmic body just leaving right like what would it what would it take for if if saturn was the sun at that point to have just gone you know and then this sun to show up it, it just blows my mind it's very um, bizarre isn't it very bizarre yeah and when you look at all of greek mythology and what it is as a whole it's all celestial right they're telling stories about what happened in the stars and um some people will ask me like so do you think that our astro theology for example right where they say that everything in the bible is uh basically astrology that's been recorded and then adapted um and so people like to know like which one do i think is emulating which one which way does it work but i think in a system like this that's been designed uh it d divinely that it could it doesn't have to be one or the other it could be both you know just like the as above so below and um yeah, yeah. everything down here is is mirrored in the cosmos which is how i think you know these ancient civilizations were able to navigate so far with so little technology is they understood that the stars were a map yeah it's just mind-blowing isn't it I'll, just to even think about it it really um, is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would, would uh, Apollo come into this? So, would Apollo what? Would it, Apollo, it would have been worshipped the, the Greek Rome. Absolutely, yeah. He was yeah. he was the sun, and before that, you had Ra in Egypt. You know, these are all the same, and there was Adam Ra, and uh, a lot of my research has suggested that. Um, those the uh, Egyptian pharaohs were very closely related to like the uh, the Sumerian gods, right? When you go back, you had you had Thoth and Marduk basically, and um, Shemesh. it's my belief. What's that? Was Shemesh Mesopotamia? Right, and it it's my belief that that Thoth built the pyramids um, and that they're much older than, than what we're told. You know, this, the Sphinx, for example, um, the head doesn't match the rest of the body. The head has been recarved. Oh um, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen a doc documentary on that. That's the way it was uh, crazy. That ends it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's like, it, that's not a conspiracy. Like that is, that's, that's a fact. Um, it is what it is. Isn't it? it is what it is. Yeah. And when you look at the, 
water the erosion marks on it like it it has damage from from water and water doesn't exist in that area so i mean <laughs> you, you don't you don't get rain regular rain in the egyptian in in the desert you know to cause to cause that as well it's, yeah uh... and they're saying we had an ice age 12,500 years ago approximately and so that thing is at minimum 12,500 years old and it's like well if we were in the middle of an ice age did they build a giant city out there under the ice or is it probably from before the ice was there which makes it even older yeah uh, um but it's it's my belief that that thoth was there and and built this infrastructure built the pyramids and uh eventually basically egypt was given to marduk right and and right. thoth left which i think is very closely associated with the story of like saturn leaving um and then this new sun coming into rule right and so now marduk was raw and i think that that's when Th when when thoth left egypt is when he went to uh mesoamerica right and built those pyramids there and so i think that right. all of these pyramids that we find all over the world you know by these civilizations that never had con contact with each other i think that that thoth was this common denominator that went over there and he had different names you know in mesoamerica he was called uh kukulkan and verocha and the toltecs called them katezal ah. or votan um Quetzalcoatl was a big one there and and that's a, a just a, a really a trip when you get into Quetzalcoatl and and who he was and what he was you know you had this white dude um with a red beard you know you didn't see that in that part of the world then and they they wrote stories about this man who could change shape from from a man to uh, a feathered dragon right or a feathered serpent <laughs> um which is just crazy and that has all kinds yeah. of implications because uh you know the the word the words for angels and dragons are almost interchangeable seraphine for example the word seraphine means dragon but it also means angel of the highest order um and in the old testament there are parts that can be interpreted as this deity shift, shifting shape from a man to a dragon. He has smoke come out of his nose. You know, there's all this stuff that happens. Moses casts his rod and a dragon comes out of it, right? Moses is conjuring dragons um, in the Old Testament. And so wow. it, it's, it's crazy once all these things kind of start to fit together right we just bounced all over the place um but you have this ancient order you could call it right it was post cataclysm this dude would always show up from from the water a lot of times he had seven apostles or whatever and he taught these people technology and he taught them how to build things and he taught them math and he taught them spirituality um yeah. And then he would go to the next place, you know? And so really I've traced Thoth or who I believe is Thoth all over the world from everywhere from 
you know, stuff that we've heard about as far as like, you know, the deity Mercury and in in Rome all the way back to uh, Sumerian writings uh, when he was called Ningashita. Um, and so it's very fascinating to to really it, try it, to figure out where these is, things mate. came from. It is. I, I mean, I mentioned this on, on a show recently. Um, there was, um, you know, the ancient Irish kings, there was a grave found and they did a DNA test and they found Egyptian DNA in Ireland. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's really fascinating, isn't it? And Mithras fits into this. Well, and Mithras, I believe, is, I could be getting confused here, but I think that is uh, who the Statue of Liberty um, is meant to uh, yeah, emulate I believe that, esoterically. Yeah, I've read um, that, and, and Apollo as well. Right, well, and here's the thing, like, uh, Mithras, it was a, a flame, right? And uh, there's a lot... The it's the, the, it was the bringer of light is is what I'm alluding to right and that's that's okay. what this is is like this this light being delivered right whether you're talking uh, the Statue of Liberty or or Mithras or Apollo it's always the delivery of this light and I think that that's significant in that um, and and you hear it talked about in these in these communities all the time whether it's the love and light community or whether it's the a magical community this light right this light that we're supposed to spread or perpetuate or this 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 holy light right i hear it all the time and um you know we don't talk about what the the origins of this light are where do, where does this light come from what's the original source of this light and i think that it's interesting that you have you know like mithras and and all these other throughout time and and the only person besides Jesus in the Bible who is 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 said to bring light is Lucifer was the light bringer, right? He was the morning yeah. star. Um, and so it's very interesting that you have these two figures in there. You have Jesus and then you have Lucifer that are both said um, to bring this light. And you take that and you apply it to the story of the Garden of Eden um, yeah. and how like you had this this serpent right which is interesting because a serpent in the bible is not a snake okay when they when as when a serpent is described in the bible it's it's said to have had uh wings and legs and breathe fire okay well, that, that sounds like a serpent that is it sounds like a dragon yeah, yeah you know and so um it 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 changes things. It's also worth mentioning that in the uh, the original story, because it's a lot of people don't like to admit it, but these stories in the Bible are much older than the stories in the Bible. Um, these have been reused and adapted. And in the original story, um, the serpent was not the tempter. The jackal or the fox was the tempter. Right. Right. And... The, it it was it was switched uh, when the Bible was written in Hebrew. That was that was the first time that in history where the the serpent had been made the the tempter in that story. Um, 
which is interesting for a lot of reasons. First of all, if you're not talking, if you're if you're talking jackal now, then you're talking now we're talking Anubis, right? As opposed to uh, this serpent and this yeah. this dog man, right? This jackal, oh, and we yeah. see okay. him all over the place. Um, but it's also interesting to me that uh, now I forgot where I was going. Um, okay. Well, and and that ties into to Christopher Columbus and all this other stuff. I think I I might have talked about it on New York Patriot, but like when you go back and you look at how Christopher Columbus was depicted by the people that were here, he was he was normally drawn uh, as like they said that he was seven feet tall and had the head of a dog. <laughs> Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus. Yeah, and anybody who thinks that that's uh, bs is is welcome to google christopher columbus dog-headed man um it was called the sinocephalus which is also interesting for a couple reasons but you had this this christian saint right christopher columbus the bringer of christian the bringer of uh christianity to uh the new world right and one thing that's very heavily associated with with christianity or abrahamic religion in general is dogma right the word dogma dogma yeah 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 and there's not really any good information on where that word came from or how it started um but is it coincidence that this this dogma that was delivered in the form of of organized religion was brought by a man who was depicted as seven foot tall and had the head of a dog oh yeah <laughs> um it's just it's wild mate and it is wild well it's also worth mentioning that uh another thing that christopher columbus brought with him to the americas was syphilis right the 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 disease and yeah, yeah. It, it's hard to believe that the word syphilis and cephalus right from sinocephalus which is dog-headed man are not i've got i've got that out now mate yeah related in some way and it's interesting that he was also portrayed they always had the sun behind him right just like jesus is portrayed right with the sun behind him he's looking to the one side a lot of times he's got the two fingers up on the right hand um <clears throat> and so there's a lot of uh there's a lot of crossover there between uh jesus and this dog and and christian dogma um and then once you realize that like the Jesus that we see depicted in in today's culture is not that that was actually I I believe it was Borgia's son um, who was used as a model for that. But when they were trying to get everybody behind this one true God type thing, yeah. um, they knew that they needed they they didn't want to use what jesus really would have looked like right if he was born in the middle east he would have been dark-skinned right but they needed yeah. a light-skinned jesus to get everyone behind and so they had this man's son painted as as jesus and and that is the the jesus that we see on you know on grandma's wall is yeah. is yeah. this man's son that they wanted to use and so it's it's crazy that you know a lot of this stuff we just we don't understand a lot of the things that we put our energy into i guess is the point that i'm trying to make yeah um for sure mate for sure it's and 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 once you you really dig into 
you know, the meeting of Nicaea and then a couple hundred years before that, you had the meeting of Jandia where I, I can't remember how many books it was originally, but I think during the meeting of Nicaea, it, there were 48 books and I think it was reduced to five from that. So you've got 43 books just in that one meeting that were, that were stolen essentially by Constantine Jeez. and the people that he was working with. Um, and again, there was a meeting 200 years before that where a bunch a bunch more were taken, you know, and not to mention that several times it's been translated and rewritten. You have King James, yes. uh, yeah. uh, who has one of the more popular versions of the Bible still. And, you know, when you really look into King James, he wasn't a he wasn't a good guy, you know, and um, so there's just a lot more. There's a lot more, and for me personally, because I was I was raised inside this very strict box, and like anything right. outside of the box was not allowed. It didn't matter what your intentions were with it; it was it was not acceptable. And and the the truths that were delivered on Sunday were unconditional and un unquestionable, right? And <clears throat> there's just so much outside that box that. Um, is really beautiful and illuminating and enlightening. Um, and so for me, it's just a shame when people um, are kind of restricted that way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because again, we don't grow inside our comfort zone. And, and a big part of what organized religion to me is just creating this very small comfort zone for all of us to exist inside. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh you know what's also what mate right you, just looking at that you know this Chris, Christopher Columbus doghead it's mm -hmm. fucking crazy it is crazy well yeah and there's a lot of implications as far as like how many times have we seen human hybrids um depicted by the ancients whether it was the Egyptians or whether it was the Sumerians right and but we're told, oh, well, that was thousands of years ago. You know, that's thousands of years ago. Well, yeah. when did Christopher Columbus come over here? You know, that wasn't thousands of years ago. So you you have these hybrids that were essentially verifiably around until not very long ago. And when you look at a lot of the maps from that time, man, you find maps from the 12, 1300s and there's dragons on them. You know, there's dragons and yeah, there's giants yeah. and there's mermaids and all kinds of shit on there that we're told is fantasy. Yeah. Is that your dog? Yeah. <laughs> She's back there taking off. She's on the Probably couch. Right. She's not supposed to be. Um, yeah. But there's just a lot that we don't, that we don't have access to. And I think that it's a shame for us to settle. Uh and just take the information that we're given because we're never going to be given the answers that we really want i yeah. think the truth is out yeah. there we have to search for it yeah they what they want us to know just what they want us to know that's it precisely that, that that's why the um the, the the subjects of magic can be taboo because the, the they are ignorant and it's like fear uh, well and, and at some point at some point, the word ignorant doesn't work anymore because ignorant is just to not know, right? But you, you, we have to, 
at some point it's not ignorance it's arrogance because you know you get to a point where you're you're choosing not to know and you're deliberately ignoring yeah it's like, the like truth. Ego. yeah yeah you know and we end up making excuses for these people and justifying the lies that we've been told because we don't want to admit to ourselves that we've been lied to right and so that yeah, ego yeah. that you're talking about just kind of perpetuates this cycle where we'll keep accepting things that don't serve us because it's easier than accepting the fact that we've been lied to like these swindlers online you know i i've been watching i watched the tinder swindler and i watched uh bad vegan and it's like these people will let these men borrow this money right and they'll get to where well i've already let this dude borrow like a hundred grand right so now i'm in so deep that I'm just going to keep giving him money because that's easier than me admitting to myself that I've been swindled. Um, you know, and maybe if I keep giving him this money, there's a chance that I'm going to get, that I'm going to get it back. And so these people yeah, just get yeah. deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think that's what we do with, with these narratives that we're handed is like, we don't want to, we don't want to have nothing. We don't want to start with nothing. And so it's easier to just keep giving our energy to these things, even if we know that they're not true than yeah, it is. Yeah to accept that we have nothing and start over. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, and I mean, really, we all just have Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> Stockholm you know? syndrome. <laughs> as, a, as a society, I really believe that. I think that we've kind of fallen in love with, with our captors, right? And there's this false sense of security that we can kind of tiptoe around and pretend like we have um and so we'll lie for them and we'll protect them and we'll give them our money and we'll give them our energy and it's it's like it's it's very sad to see um how far we as a society have let this go and yeah yeah it's not slowing down it's getting it's getting worse and it's getting worse rapidly i mean yeah i mean who knows maybe what's going to happen um he says just keep ramping up one thing after another. It's just getting crazier and crazier. Yeah. You know? And I remember a month ago, people were all excited because uh, the taxes didn't get raised. Oh, we, you know, we didn't get we didn't get more taxes. And it's like, but then gas goes up a dollar fifty, dollar seventy five a gallon. And yeah, they just they've got an alternative agenda. Absolutely. And what's really frustrating about that is like we have oil here, you know, we have all yeah. the oil that that we could ever use here domestically, um, but we're still buying it from other countries. Um, I wonder why that is. I wonder why that is. Well, it's because the people in control have monopolies set up in these other countries. It's just like, you know, my opinion on the Paris Climate Accord or the Paris Climate deal it's like okay well we're gonna stop manufacturing all this stuff in the united states because it's really bad right and then we pretend like that means that it's gonna stop the manufacturing of this what all it did was send all that manufacturing work to another country because the stuff's still gonna get made because we're still gonna we still have consumers that want these products and so you have these people in our government who are invested in other countries where the laws are different Okay, and the yeah. the laws on monopolies are different over there too. You can't that that kind of stuff. I mean, people do it with shell companies and other stuff, but you get countries like 
you know, China or Ukraine and you have people that are very or, or, or the Middle East, right, where there's there's all this oil and that's where all the, the poppies at and everything else. And so you have people who are invested in these other countries and all they have to do to send all of that work and all of that money over there is make it illegal here. <laughs> and so they pretend like it's like, oh, we're saving the we're saving the world uh, because we're not going to keep doing this here but it just it just goes somewhere else where they can make more money you know yeah it's all about money that's it yeah well money is the key because they've they've manufactured this false sense of scarcity right this plane there is abundance everywhere on this plane and i mean everywhere it's all around us we just have to grab it we just have to accept it but we're taught that there's this scarcity that doesn't really exist. We just pretend that this scarcity exists and we've decided to create value through a system of supply and demand, right? And the problem with that is for you to create value through a system of supply and demand, it means that not that there's not enough for everybody to have some and that's why it's valuable, which means for you to eat, somebody else has to starve, which is not necessary. But through this manufactured scarcity, we've convinced ourselves that it's okay to do this, right? And that's how they basically if you do what you're you know quote unquote supposed to right you go to high school you graduate you go to college you graduate you get yourself a car get yourself a house you know at 25 years old you're a half million dollars in debt if you're lucky yeah 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 and did they did they, did they push it over the oh push it to, yeah to go to to the higher education etc yeah absolutely you know and it's almost where and you know when i was in school it was like it was you were kind of looked down on if you didn't if you didn't go to college and a lot of the kids that that i knew went to school for shit that they don't even use you yeah. know they just yeah. they just went and got a degree because that's what they were that that's what you're supposed to do is go to school and it's like really all they did was go and and accrue a bunch more debt and really what college is to me there's a lot of really intelligent people that come out of college that aren't very smart you know like you can have a lot of knowledge or a lot of information right but if you don't know how to use that if you don't have experience and you don't have perspective then none of that information really matters and what college is about is not about questioning things college is about accepting information and then basically regurgitating the same information, right? You're not taught to think critically in college. You're taught to listen and you're taught to repeat things. And so basically it's another four years or eight years, depending on what you're going to school for and how long for them to get you to stop questioning things, right? There's one right way to do this and you're going to do it this way or you're not going to succeed. And then you get out of college and it's like, that's just, you you've been programmed now for i mean it's you like figure, brainwashing, isn't it? that's exactly what it is you yeah, know you go to yeah. school for 12 years without college you go for another 40 that's 16 years of <laughs> daily programming yeah yeah you know, nobody thinks about that um that's a lot that man it? it's a lot 16 years imagine if somebody told you they were going to do that to you so just for the next 16 years i need you for eight hours a day you'd be distraught <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna feed you information for eight hours a day for the next 16 years right and you're not you're not going to question it 
You're just going to do what I say and you're going to repeat what I say. I'm going to read something to you and then you're going to write it down. We're just going to do this every day for the next 16 years. You know, oh, that will be daunting. That it will, will be. <laughs> and we're taught that it's normal. You know, I don't think school is about education. It's an indoctrination system. It's where they teach you to stop asking questions. It's where they teach you to be the same as everybody else. You know, it's where they yeah. teach you a fear of, of um, isolation. Right. It, that's that's how they can make you self conscious about like fitting in and about. Um, being accepted right this is this is the system that they've used to instill all these fears that they can use against you once you are in you know quote unquote the real world yeah. the whole system is designed for you to for you to remain in the middle class and it's not that there's anything wrong with the middle class but it's like you when when you reside kind of in that zone it's like you you've got a nice house and you've got a nice car um and and you get a better job right or you get a you get a raise in your salary and now you want a bigger house and a nicer car you know but you're yeah. never really getting ahead right which is how they keep you in that debt slavery system is like they're going to keep yeah. you coming to work for 40 hours a week which is going to make sure that you don't have time to explore spiritually or esoterically or get outside and connect with nature you know, you're just going to keep trading your time for this, this money, which I think we've talked about this where money is just a gift card for somebody else's energy. <laughs> That's all for it sure, is. Mate. Yeah. You know, and when, when you buy gold, gold isn't expensive because it's pretty or it makes good jewelry. Gold is expensive because it's hard to get. So when you buy gold, you're not really buying the gold you're buying the right to transport the gold and so what you're right. paying for when you buy that is the dude in the wheelbarrow right who goes up into the mountain and beats it out of the earth and then smelts it yeah, down yeah. and then distributes it and when you buy gold and then you resell that gold at a markup now somebody's paying you for your energy they're not paying you for the gold they're paying you for holding on to it yeah you see what yeah. i'm saying yeah and so it's the same with with quote unquote currency you know when you use that word you're, it's, it's two words it's current which is the flow of energy and c which is a body of water so really all we're talking about is the flow of energy across this plane um and it's just it's just another way for them to control you man it's a, they're gonna they're gonna have you trade a lot of your time for a little of this currency so that you can have a little bit of this material stuff and it's going to keep you really busy for a long time. I think people work on average until they're 67 and they die at like 74. Yeah, it's just uh, when you look at it like that, it, it, it's something that, uh, well, I, I wouldn't like to look at it in that way. No, it's a travesty. It is. It is. I mean, like, I've never looked at it before. Like I said, that 16 years in school, listening to bullshit. Because yeah. they, they only, they only learn. Or sorry, they only teach what what they're told to. Right. Um, I mean, have you heard about um, anything to do with the the Vatican? Oh, tons. I mean, that's the yeah. most satanic place in the world, if you ask me. Um. I mean, look at Eddie Bravo does a really good piece on the some of the the symbolism in there and like 
first of all, the whole auditorium is a big serpent head. Um, yeah. Right over where the Pope sits when he speaks is a basically a statue of a man shifting into a reptile. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. If you if you Google uh, um, Vatican reptile statue or something like that, it'll show you. And it's right over where the Pope sits. There's this this statue of a man that's like. I don't know how to say it better than that. He's just shifting into like a reptilian, basically. I, and yeah. Do you know? Do you know, mate? Right? You know when you was on about um, is it tough before with the red beard and he changed into like shape shifted. Quetzalcoatl. Yeah. Um, is it? Do you think the you know like the Navajo skinwalkers? Yeah. Do you think that it's similar to to that. Well, here's what I think about shapeshifters to begin with. So we are all the same as everything else here, right? Yeah. So we are the same as the tree in the front yard or as the cars that we drive. We're all the same. We're just vibrating at different speeds. And that's something that hermeticism teaches. We're all the same in nature, just uh, varying in vibration. And so <clears throat> essentially everything that exists in, in this physical experience is just carbon right that's vibrating really fast and it's vibrating so fast that we it, it appears solid to us um but again we're the same as the tree the tree is just vibrating at a different frequency than we are and so as far as things shifting shape shifting shape if some if if there was a civilization or a being right that was aware of this and had a way to alter their vibrations drastically they could yeah. really appear however they wanted to um and so i don't think that it's outside the realm of possibility that these were just some sort of advanced beings that that were able to shift into whatever suited that that moment as far as skinwalkers and stuff um you know i think there's a lot to the 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 cryptid shit i think that um you know like whether it's bigfoot or dogman or the skinwalkers yeah. or whatever i think these are all interdimensional beings um and i think they're hard to find because as their vibration changes they they can basically just vibrate themselves right out of our reality so when you if I think that humans are able to perceive like 1% of the spectrum of sound and light, right? Like, like 1%, yeah. very almost, almost nothing. Right. And so if you take that information in itself and you say, okay, so if I can only perceive 1% of everything that is what's in the other 99%, right? <laughs> and so really for something to render itself into or out of our experience, all they would have to do was adjust their vibrations. And so um, when you look back at like the ancient Sumerian gods and the handbags that they were always depicted carrying. Oh, it's yes, like, yes. What if that was a device that just altered their vibrations, you know, and there's stories that are told about them where they like walk into walls and just disappear or walk through doors that go nowhere and they're <laughs> <You> know, gone. <laughs> Um, crazy, isn't it, man? <laughs> yeah, but it's not that crazy to think that, like, 
they're just leaving our one percent and going into this other 99 percent like i know that we're yeah. taught to perceive our reality as everything but really it's such a small portion of what reality is as a whole um that it's 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 not that crazy to think of somebody just vibrating into a state that we can't we can't perceive and you know you could make the argument that dogs exist in more than one dimension at a time because they can perceive sounds and lights that we can but they can also perceive sound and 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 light that we can't and so like when the dog's just freaking out barking in the corner of the room or whatever and you're like you know stupid there's nothing there it's like how do you know there's nothing there yeah <laughs> you know do you know mate right I, i've just got up that picture of the vatican oh, fucking hell what is that exactly that. <laughs> how do you explain that you know, yeah, and he's sat in front of it like he's, you know, he's made up. Yeah, and I mean, there's also a giant monument with an obelisk, and I can, I can try to describe what it looks like to you. And you, I mean, you could probably pull this up as well. But yeah, there's yeah. a, basically, there's a big obelisk, right, and it sits right next to uh, what is essentially a big chalice. So there's a U-shaped building right and um that that u shape or the chalice is feminine right that that represents the 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 feminine and then the obelisk is going to represent the masculine right um and as the sun rises this obelisk the shadow of this obelisk is going to be cast into this open chalice right and so it's it's very sexual reference but what's interesting is like there's all of these uh popes depicted all the way around it and i believe what that's supposed to mean is like all the popes that ever were ever will be are depicted kind of watching this but it's interesting that like the main pope is the one right at the front who is like basically it's his turn to like uh fornicate the world if that yeah. makes sense you see what i'm saying yeah. and so you yeah. have this this hub that is a sovereign nation with its own laws um who allegedly has the you know the most expansive library full of all of this this ancient wisdom and knowledge right but instead of giving this to people and helping them expand it's it's taking them and hiding them and giving us you know uh ultimately a molested version of what this was when it started yeah. um so for anyone to say that the the vatican is of the people or for the people or by the people it, it it's just it's just not it's a it's a means of control and you've got it's like the uh, fucking opposite, mate, isn't it? Exactly. And you've got, <laughs> you know, these three super um, between London, the Vatican, and Washington, D.C., which are all uh, sovereign nations, right? And yeah. that's this trinity that is used to control the world. You have the financial capital of the world, you have the military capital of the world, and you have the religious capital of the world all of which are supposed to be separate, but they're all working together to control this experience. Yeah. 
it's very interesting. Like you guys on about Washington, London, and the Vatican. Well, and dude, especially once you realize that, like, that's what your citizenship means is that you are a you are a citizen of their ship. Okay, well, what ship? Well, the ship is the District of Columbia, which is a foreign nation. So, for you to be a U.S. citizen, you you have to not be registered to live in the United States, if that makes sense. You're registered in the District of Columbia, which is a sovereign nation, which has nothing to do with the United States. So citizenship in itself yeah. is an inversion, right? For you to be a citizen means that you are not a citizen of the land that you think you're a citizen of. <laughs> it sounds bonkers, doesn't it? It sure does, you know, but... yeah. yeah that's that's the way that it works it's just like you're you're classified as missing or lost at sea as soon as you're born and that's how they're able to get away with doing a lot of this stuff to you is um this 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 whole system is a funnel that is designed to enslave you financially and and spiritually um and emotionally really yeah. and uh they use the principle of polarity to keep people divided and upset at the other one you know you, you've got the left wing and the right wing right and the left wing's yeah. always mad at the right wing and the right wing's always mad at the left wing and nobody's talking about this the fact that these are two wings of the same bird <laughs> right yeah. so you have this manufactured polarity that's keeping everyone at odds and that polarity and that that fight between those two sides is what's keeping us from being able to um really embrace this experience we're too busy blaming the other side to grow yeah. 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 you know but it's all manufactured and that's why it's yeah. so important to like you got to figure out what thoughts in your head are your thoughts because your your subconscious has been programmed to feel all these different ways and and see all these and and believe all these different things and you think they're yours but they're not right yeah. and so tra training yourself to identify these are my thoughts or these are not my thoughts is a huge part of the process um and it's something that you you have to question constantly you know it sounds silly yeah. to have to make sure that that thoughts are your thoughts but it's like a lot of what happens in your brain is engineered and it's not organic the way that we believe it is yeah yeah <laughs> so it's uh hey. it's interesting and it starts when you're i mean that's why we start kindergarten so early that's why we start school so early is to so they can start controlling what's happening in our thoughts and you know, kids are very powerful manifestors, uh, mainly because of their imagination, right? That's it. Doesn't matter what kind of magic you're practicing. That's one of the key components: is like your intention and then your your ability to visualize um, with with your imagination, um, yeah. which is something that we're taught not to do. You know, we're taught to not to use our imagination, and that that's fantasy, and that's stupid, and that's what kids do um which is also very very deliberate because that visualization visualization and that manifestation is what starts the change that takes place in this physical experience so as kids 
when when they're very young, they start they're they're taught to stop that and to start accepting, you know, what is real, right? And we're taught that yeah. what is real is something that we can perceive with our five senses. Um, but yeah. you and I know that there's lots of things that we can't perceive with those five senses that that are real. Um, yeah. But that's not that's not what they want. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Mate, you, you, you've done it again to me. You've just fucking <laughs> peppered my brain. <laughs> I, I well, it. and we bounced all over the place, man. I uh, I hope yeah, that... Yeah, mate, fucking hell. I hope uh, I didn't get too scatterbrained. I kind of just... Uh... Oh, it's just all... It, it's fascinating, mate. It really is. And uh, the, way, the way you lay it out... It's I just, just like to uh, ask questions, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to know thing how things work, whether it's a roofing system or whether it's a, a relationship that I'm building with someone, a friendship or a romantic relationship, you know, I, or or whether it's uh, my spirituality. I want to understand the system and the way that it works and the way that it functions and how that interacts with me, you know, and. I've always been that way, but that's all this is, is just questions. And I don't yeah. claim to know anything, right? I, I I just like to think that I'm starting to ask the right questions. You know, yeah. anybody who yeah. does say that they know for certain the way that a lot of this stuff works is either lying to you or lying to themselves. You know, nobody yeah. nobody knows anything for certain. This is all conjecture, you know? and, and Yeah. A lot can of it's assume, more about, mate, what's that we cannot we can only assume <laughs> well right you know and it, we have to be malleable and i you know if if we talk in a year i'm probably going to be saying a lot of things very differently because as this place changes and grows and evolves yeah, i'm going to change and grow with it yeah. you know yeah yeah that's that's so. that's the um... Yeah, spot on that way. <laughs> we got yeah, the only constant in this plane is change. That's the only thing that we can count on here is that things yeah. are going to continue to change. Um, so we've got to be able to change with them. Yeah, yeah, naturally. It's a fun place, man. Yeah, I mean, and it, it'll give you whatever you look for. You know, we're taught that this place is this vile, disgusting horrible place you know and if that's what you're looking for it's there you're gonna find it and i think that's a big part of the media cycle too is to keep you focused on all the bad that exists here but it's also a very beautiful place and if that's what you look for and that's what you're tuned into then that's what you're gonna see yeah yeah for sure mate uh, they're disgusting the media aren't they absolutely disgusting absolutely shit they do. but it's very intentional you almost have to respect it man and it works on on most of the population, this is a system it does. that's been, it certainly does. It's been designed and refined and perfected over the course of a long time. And, you know, just because the the news media might be a fairly new thing as far as like the last hundred years, you know, about radio and TV and stuff like that. But propaganda has yeah. been being used for for a long time for since yeah. the beginning of time. Propaganda has been weaponized, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, 
I mean, look at it now. <laughs> right. Well, that's why discernment is so important. You know, you've got to be able to uh, understand that your truth might not be the same as everybody else's truth. And yeah. And just question things, man. And I always tell people, like, if something looks like bullshit and it smells like bullshit and it <laughs> sounds like bullshit, then probably don't eat it because it might be bullshit, you know? Yeah, um, yeah for sure, mate. <laughs> a lot of times we know, you know, whether it's with an earth model or whether it's with, you know, it's like when your kids lie to you, just like, you know, we as parents, we know that. And it's not always the context of what they're saying or how they're acting. It's just it's we can feel it. You know, and it's it's the same with your government parents. You know, it's like if something doesn't just really doesn't feel right in your core, there's there's probably Avoid a reason it, for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. We're that, a lot like, more so aware. Like, like, like you get that gut feeling. It's, yeah. You avoid, you avoid the situation, don't you? Yeah, and as long as your awareness is in your third eye or your gut, you're going to know that, you know, the heart is, the heart space is great, but, uh, you know, it's easy to um, get lost in the, the emotion of, of love, right, and, um, and, and think with the emotional brain as opposed to the rational brain, um, whereas if, if you're operating from your gut, right and you're you're passing this information through there like your gut is always going to know when you're being lied to all the time yeah. yeah um and and as well as the third eye so i would just encourage people as they're processing information to try and just deliberately process it from one of those two or both places um and just see what that does because just that intention is very yeah. powerful um and you know i stopped accepting and, and anything mainstream you know is is not where you're going to find truth and it's funny right we talked a little bit about the fox and the jackal earlier right as the deceiver yeah, yeah. or the tempter and in the u.s for example you have the big media outlets right as far as like cnn and nbc and msnbc or whatever you got all these these gigantic companies right that are on one side and then you have this one source quote unquote right which is fox news right fox and the fox is your friend right the fox that's what we're, that's what these people are meant to believe is that the fox is your friend the fox is here for you but the fox is the deceiver right the fox is the tempter and so i don't think that that channel is called that by accident i think they're telling you that they're deceiving you we're going to pretend like we're your friend and we're going to pretend like we have your best interests at heart but really this is deception and we're the same group as this other people you see what i'm saying like i don't think yeah. that the name fox is happenstance i think it's i think it's very deliberate and a lot of times put this stuff right in front of us you know it's like hidden in plain sight in it um i mean I, we mentioned earlier like symbolism yeah, it's very so important to them. Right in your fucking face. And uh, karma is a universal law, right? You can't get around karma. And uh, even even these beings, as big or as powerful as they might not be, or as they might be, they're still not more powerful or bigger than the universe, right? So yeah, they have yeah. a karmic debt or a karmic wake as well. And one way that they can kind of circumvent that is that it's 
it's their belief that uh, if they tell you what they're going to do to you before they do it, and you don't do anything to stop it, then you have offered your consent. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it does make sense. That, yeah. So whether it's and they don't have to come out and say like hey i'm gonna do this is this okay if they show you something in a movie right and subliminally they're telling you or symbolically they're telling you they've still told you the fact that you didn't recognize what was being told to you is not on them they've done their part right so when they show you these things and we just kind of sit around complacently and let them happen we're actually protecting them from their karma with our consent yeah yeah that does make sense <laughs> and yeah so we just need to be more aware man and start asking questions there's nothing wrong with questioning something and here's the thing like anything real is going to stand up to that questioning whether it's your religion or whether it's what's coming from your government or anything if something is rooted in truth then it doesn't matter how hard or how how deeply you question that something because it's it's stemmed from truth and so that truth is always going to be there if somebody is not letting you question something right it's because it's not founded off of that base of truth and it's going to fall apart right otherwise they wouldn't have they would want you to question it and they would want you to understand it on a deeper level and so i would discourage yeah. anyone from being a part of anything that they're not allowed to ask questions about yeah yeah it's our right to understand these things it is for sure mate. it is so yeah mate <laughs> fucking nuts i love it um <laughs> uh, obviously mate you just fucking i'm fucking speechless <laughs> <laughs> well i had a lot of fun with you again man yeah man yeah uh, same time next week <laughs> <laughs> same time next week yeah we'll have to make yeah, it happen man. again uh, for sure yeah yeah well we'll keep in touch if i mean if you enjoy this and and your people enjoy this then we can we can keep it going i don't know about yeah, every but, week you, but we'll we'll make some more happen <laughs> do you know what? we do a, a round table on a friday night as well you know i'd love to get on one of those round tables uh yeah, but it's yeah. got to be on a weekend that i don't have my kid because that's all right. right smack dab in the middle of my commute and um but i'd love to and i think one of these next couple weekends i can't remember off the top of my head i'll have to look at my calendar but i think one of them i don't get my boy and so i'll actually be available on friday afternoon and i'd love to to jump on on there with you guys yeah. Yeah, um, if you you when you have a look, mate. If you let me know, turns the DM, and I'll um, if I need to change it, I can't see it being a problem. Well, I really appreciate that, but I, no I mean, problem, I always mate. have no fun problem. with you. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we'll we'll do this some more. And uh, yeah. as mine gets rolling, it might be fun to have you on there at some point too. Oh, thank you very much. That would be uh, an honor. Thank you. <laughs> absolutely oh, yeah uh do you want to let everybody know uh, if you can get all of you Basta, please sure right now i am just on instagram uh i've got a podcast in the works the uh there's a lot more to podcasting than just talking i'm learning um as far as the editing and and there, there's a lot that goes into it you know and so um i've kind of developed not that i didn't have respect for 
podcasting before, but when you you just get on and you start listening to podcasts, it's like, oh, all this dude does is talk into a microphone and then and then yeah. post it, you know. But there's so much more to it than that. Um, and I'm 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 learning a lot about the whole process. But my my podcast is called Tea with the Hatter, and it should be out very soon. Um, I've got first couple of them recorded, and my first uh, guest appearance is lined up. So that's something I'm really excited about. I hope you guys keep an eye out for that. But oh, for um, sure, mate. Yeah. yeah. My main hub is Instagram for the time being. My account is Hatter Will Happen, Hatter underscore Will underscore Happen. And uh, I love it when people reach out. I, I find time to answer all my DMs, whether it's to tell me that something resonated with you or tell me I'm an idiot. You know, I'm fine with either. I love the debate, <laughs> um, love to argue. Uh, as long as we can <laughs> shake hands at the end of it, you know. That's what it's all um, about, mate, isn't it? That is what it's all about. I think we've lost that that part of ourselves where, you know, it's not just okay to disagree. It's good to disagree because that's how we grow, you know. And I love to be that's challenged. Learn, I love mate. to be told that yeah. I'm wrong. I love it, you know. If you think I'm wrong about something, let me know and let's let's yeah. dig into that. Yeah, I um, mean, that's, that's how we learn as well, mate. Exactly. Um, so I would encourage anybody who was, uh, affected one way or another, uh, by, by this to reach out and let me know what you think. I'm still trying to grow at this and get better at it. And just like, you know, you've got questions about the stuff that I might bring to the table. Trust me, I've still got a lot of questions about the stuff that I bring to the table too. Um, so it's a process for me and it's by no means, uh, complete. Um, but it's something that I, I try to work on every day and anybody who uh, is kind of in that same vibration of, of um, wanting to learn and grow and expand, then I think that it's important that we communicate, you know, as a, as a community. So yeah, spot on let me know. Way, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Atta, again, um, thank you very much, mate. Anytime, yeah, that, man. That, incredible, incredible. Yeah.